As women, we've all had life experiences that have brought us to our breaking point. These experiences have molded us and the way we see the world. We believe that no matter the experience, you are not broken. It's possible to find strength in the cracks and imperfections. That is where our true beauty lies. Hi, I'm Dr. Natalie Phillips, host of Connecting a Better World here on NOCO FM, and I'd like to invite you to join me at a very special event. Unbreakable Finding Strength in Imperfection is a two-day event with hands-on activities, keynote speakers, and many more adventures planned. Join me for a weekend full of connection, growth, renewal, and stepping forward in your life. This is not your typical conference. Unbreakable Finding Strength in Imperfection is September 6th and 7th, 2019 at the La Quinta Inn and Suites in Loveland, Colorado. Learn more and get your ticket at noco.fm slash unbreakable. That's noco.fm slash unbreakable. Hope to see you there. Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Free trip to Egypt. It was an offer and an invitation Tarek Monib extended to hundreds of Americans he met as he traveled across the U.S. in 2016. Bringing people together from diverse backgrounds, Tarek took seven people for a magical and life-changing 10-day trip to Egypt and filmed their experience together as a documentary. It became a testament to the transformational power of human connection and a remarkable experience in kindness and empathy. Join me as we catch up with the creator and producer of Free Trip to Egypt, Tarek Monib, at the Ontario airport for this illuminated journey into what happens when we put aside our differences and listen more closely to the common connections of the human heart. This is The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. We're to the point in our country now that we need to be vigilant and watch out for ourselves. It's like Iraq and Iran, all of them places. Okay. We just got to shut them okay. down and take back our oil. My name's Tark Muneeb. What we're doing is we're taking people here from different points of view, bringing them all to Egypt to have a dialogue. An amazing project, giving away free trips to Egypt. The whole point of this project is trying to, to connect with people in kindness instead of fear. So I have to tell you, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> Yes, it, it was so great. I um, was able to take my mother, who is in Rotary Club and working on an international peace initiative, to wow. the June 12th showing. Perfect. And she was so inspired. And she's like, I have to get everyone in Rotary to see this. But I was so moved by the film. And it was wonderful to see the the live stream afterwards. Right. Great. Yes. Yes. That was quite inspiring. Yeah, well, I'm so happy to hear that. Well, thank you. And, and thank you. And welcome to the show. First of all, b- before we talk about the film, Tarek, what were your own life experiences that created this open heartedness and acceptance in you? 
I think a part of it is that as as a child, I grew up being different, um, and I had to hide my differences, and that you know created a lot of pain as a child. Then you know, going through your life and development, you 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 learn to embrace your differences, and I think the the good thing about suffering is it creates empathy, right? So so you remember how that is, and and you try to honor that memory, and you're grateful that you no longer have to go through that anymore, um, but you don't want to forget it. So I think that made me realize how hard it can sometimes feel being the minority, being different, the pain between seeing two cultures that you feel a part of not connect with each other, almost like divorced parents, where you just so desperately want them to understand each other. So I think these elements kind of just just sat with me and 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 just create something in my heart where I, where I want to see people connecting and getting along from different backgrounds. So often I think some of our greatest gifts come from those wounded places. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and it sounds like it it did so with you. Where did you grow up? I was born in Halifax and then I moved to Ottawa when I was 10. And, and did you just not feel like there were a lot of people of your culture there? Of Yeah, I think uh, between like up until, you know, as a child, I was, I was the only Egyptian Muslim at my school and, and stuff of that sort. So that in itself, you know, children will, will latch on to any differences, right? Um, so it doesn't matter whether you're, you're fat or extra white or whatever. If you have something, you know, children will latch on to it. So, you know, our house was vandalized. They spray painted things on it and stuff like that. So as it, and the other children laughed at it. So it's, it's really quite horrible as a child to go through that. But yeah, so those are some of the things that formed my early experiences. And so, you know, th- there's this beautiful story that you've woven that really it sounds like it's coming from that place where you're helping people to go beyond differences in race, religion, culture. And can you talk about, can you share the story of how you came up with this film? I, I think I remember hearing you say that it's almost that it found you. Yeah, definitely. I think the precursor to the actual idea where it grabbed me was the fact that I felt like listening to the news at the end of 2016 and all the demonization and polarization, I felt a fear inside me. And a fear specifically towards Americans who I grew up with and admired and, and was always like America was a beacon of hope and freedom always. That's something I believed in. Um, and then starting to feel threatened by Americans was very odd for me. So I didn't want to just follow the fear and go away and, and just start complaining about, you know, all these things that are being said. So then that was then the precursor to that. And then I had the idea of, well, what if I went towards these people that I think fear me and offered something kind to them? And then came the idea of the free trip to Egypt, right? And then that idea just, just took over and I felt I was like at service to that idea. And then the things that just unfolded to make it happen were, were far beyond anything I could have done myself. But it just, you know, I felt I was just part of this big idea that I wanted to manifest. So for people that don't know the free trip to Egypt story, will you share that? Sure. So, so we went across after this, this idea of, of wanting to do something kind instead of being in fear. 
Um, I went across the United States with a friend of mine, um, just randomly speaking to Americans on the street. And we went to very different places from, from Manhattan to, to Florida, to Tennessee, to, to a Trump rally in Louisville, Kentucky. And we just approached people and said, well, what do you think of, of, of the Middle East? What about Muslims and things, questions like that. And if people seemed concerned or fearful or, or racist even towards them, we would offer them a free trip to Egypt. Um, so it was a really interesting journey of discovery and speaking to people and, and connecting. And then the remarkable thing was we found um, seven Americans who were really interesting and diverse and had their pre- fears and preconceptions. And we brought them over to Egypt, paired them up with Egyptians and watched the journey unfold. And it was just so magical and, and interesting to see it unfold. This is such an important story and, and it's so beautiful. I was so touched by the, the people's own personal journeys and their lives and Ellen and Terry, um, in particular, in particularly when, when you were speaking about having some fear of Americans and, and what's been going on lately, her own personal journey with actually being involved in the civil rights movement and that being very important to her. And then 9-11, which I think changed so many Americans lives and perspective and people who maybe weren't racist all of a sudden became very fearful of absolutely. anyone absolutely. that would come across as a terrorist. I, absolutely. And, and this is what concerned me towards the end of 2016 is that there's always been people and there will always be bigoted people and, you know, we have to deal with them. But what was worrying me is that people that I genuinely respected were saying a lot of fearful and things that I might consider bigoted. And then that's what really worried me. And, and what was really remarkable, though, is that when I started speaking to people like Ellen and Terry and people at the Trump rally, I realized that it's not coming from a place of bigotedness. It's, it's not coming from that place that most of these people are still very kind and tolerant, um, but they really worry about their family and their friends. And so there's no point in just, you know, labeling them and, and calling them whatever names. And this was the whole journey is it's been amazing if you just reach out to those people and have a conversation. So it's, it's truly moving from fear into love or into kindness, as you said. Exactly. And truly making that. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, it's exactly that. And I think in my own personal life, I feel almost every decision or impulse is usually based on one of the two. You either are doing something based on fear or love or kindness. It's, it seems like it's, it's either one or the other. Well, and, and so it's really interesting. And I'm a psychotherapist, so I, I deal with this a lot. And mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, we do, we have this mechanism in our brain. Number one, we have a negativity bias. So it's always scanning the environment for anything that looks like a threat for us as a means of protection, right? I mean, to perpetuate the exactly. species. So we, we have to be sometimes intentional then. So we o- overcome this natural bias that anything different can seem as a threat. And so being intentional about choosing kindness and choosing love. Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting because the analogy that comes to mind is, is horseback riding. I really love horseback riding, but I'm not very good at it. And what happens is as soon as um, I ride, if I feel fearful, I stiffen up 
And then that's when you fall off. And it's the exact opposite that you need to do is to relax into it and go counter to the fear and actually just trust, right? And I think it's the same thing here with, with Americans um, that are fearful of, of Muslims. The more we feed the fear, the more we polarize each other and we stop using each other as allies because we are in it together. So yeah. if you don't, if you, if you fear me or I fear you, we're feeding this. And, and that's the whole point is to just go and use each other as allies. And it's, it redefined the borders between people of heart in whatever religion or dogma. And those are the new borders now. It's this whole interconnection of humanity that it's not us and them, that we all are one. If we can get to that place, like you were saying, with, with the horse experience, the fear might be your automatic response. But you can relax into this so that you can, you know, you, it's like breathing through the fear. And so you can be in your heart and you can relax and enjoy the experience so you can relax and be open to other people. Right. Exactly. And, and so then from that place, you know, I'm curious because a lot of times, you know, one, one of the premises and, and this whole, you know, I love this hashtag pledge to listen. And I really wanted to talk to you about that because we have this, you know, when I do couples therapy, this is what came to mind for me is, you know, people having to be right. And like, like you need to agree with me or you need to tell me that I'm right if we're arguing about something instead of if we're truly having kind of conversations that you're talking about. The goal is not who's right or wrong. The goal is to move to connection and understanding. Absolutely. And I've thought about that and I felt about that a lot. And I think what prevents us from doing that is we feel, especially if you use the couple example, is we feel if the other person has a certain idea about us or about themselves, it's dangerous towards us, right? So actually we go into a state of fear and we all of a sudden feel attacked by this idea. So we're just, we're just kind of countering through, through defensiveness Right. And it, I realized, and it's much easier when you're not in a couple, when you're speaking to other people. Um, but what I realized is that most ideas, they are not threatening. Right. And as soon as you, even the racist ideas, et cetera, if you don't look at them as threatening, then you can actually listen to them from a state of just, just openness in it, from your heart. And then from that point of view, you actually connect to the person and, and true connection and even transformation of ideas can, can occur. Um, but it, it's really important to recognize, and that's what I was starting to do, is recognizing the fear in my body when I hear certain racist ideas and then realizing, well, why am I afraid? This is not threatening. And as soon as I was able to, to dissolve that fear and that threat, I could listen to a lot of ideas and I connected with people that I was really surprised that I could connect with. So you truly, it sounds like, had to talk yourself out of it, out of, again, kind of that initial response of feeling fear. Right. And then you, it's like you could speak to that fear and, and calm it down. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. Actually, like coming from your head back down into your heart level, it sounds like. You got it. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so will you share your experience of, name was with Jason? All right. Yeah, so this was really interesting to look at myself because um, the first few days 
I was locked heads with Jason and we were just debating the whole time. So Jason wanted to come to Egypt to spread the love of Jesus into the Middle East, which is very ironic, and baptize Muslims. So I, I was like, okay, that's beautiful. I mean, I don't doubt your own personal experience, etc. But can you at least recognize that other people from other religions have just as powerful transformative experiences? And he never said no, but he implied no. He, but Jesus is the only way, and the only way to, to, to God is through Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I, was, I felt I was almost on a mission to say, well, have you not thought of this person? What about that person? Don't you feel that's an arrogant point of view? Is it not possible that you might not know everything? And you have shots of us on the Red Sea swimming and still talking and debating until I realized, finally, I realized that I was trying to convert him to my path of tolerance or whatever you want to call it, just as much as he was trying to convert me. And then it was that realization that said, whoa, oh my God, <laughs> okay, relax. Why do I care so much? If he is not advocating a violent, dangerous idea, why should I care? And it was at that point in time I was able to finally let go of the need for him to see something or understand something. And then it was then that I discovered in him a really beautiful kind person someone who's actually more courageous than i am who prays for people who's concerned about people who invites homeless people into his home right and then since then we've been really great friends and he calls me so many times still and tells me you know i've learned so much from you i've you know really learned how to love muslims and just the other day i took our christian church to the muslim mosque and right so it's really quite inspirational. And it's interesting because a lot of people say Jason didn't change. No, he didn't change his, his beliefs. But why do we need that, right? right? He did change the way he relates to Muslims, which was beautiful. So we all changed in our own way and we all had our own insights. I love that, Tarek, because he changed truly on the inside. He changed his heart. He opened his heart in new ways. And so... I love that because we don't have to convert just your experience is so beautiful because we don't have to convert people to our belief system. Exactly. It's opening to allow these different belief systems to coexist and that we can love that person like as long as they are not violent. Yeah, exactly. You know, his, so, his, his heart is in the right place. And, and now here yeah. he's bridging that gap even more by inviting you know, the Christians to come to the mosque. And again, this lovely merging where we can connect and, and be cohorts. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he still says things that makes me make me cringe. That's okay. <laughs> Again, it's not about agreeing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> not to agree with them. You don't have to agree. You can cringe. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I was looking at your website. Your website is fantastic, by the way. You know, there there were so many pieces on there. I mean, I, I spent so much time in the, in the last week just reading the articles. And one of the things that struck me is how do you think that the media facilitates, you know, this divisiveness between us? your film is, is going, you know, 180 in the opposite direction. And yet we're bombarded with this political race going on right now and all these things happening that's like us and them. Right. Now, I think the media has a very big part to play. 
but I think the media is a reflection of us. Um, and I think that's an important thing to know because right now, you know, I've, I'm, I'm in Canada and I've just been on Canadian national news. I've been on the Ottawa local news. So we've gotten received a lot of media attention. So the media is not, is, is interested in what we're interested in. And let's face it, some of us, me included, there's a phase where we become addicted to the horrible things that are being said. And there's something just alluring to listening over and over to all this, this horrible stuff. And I don't know why, and that's a whole other conversation, but I think where I am now is we have to just break that addiction. And when we stop being so intrigued and hearing horrible things over and over again, the media is not going to report on it as much, right. right? And I think I'm more concerned about with what I am doing and what I think we need to be concerned. It's like sports, play your own game, you know, don't play the, the other opponent's game, play your own game. As soon as we're doing constructive things, moving forward, etc., the media will report on that. But if we're interested in, in bashing people and listening to this, we, we feed it. So, so I think we're more empowered than we think. And we don't have to complain about the media. We just need to watch what's, what inspires us. Well, I love that, too, because it's like just like organic food in the supermarkets. Once there became exactly. a demand and people started focusing on it, then it, it showed up everywhere. Yes, exactly. It's, so it's each individual making that choice again, too. I'm not going to choose fear. I'm not going to choose the entertainment of the macabre. Instead, what really would inspire me this morning? Would it be hearing a story about someone that has triumphed in some way? Some, some exactly. human experience where it's, you know, triumph of the human spirit? Or do I want to see people being ugly? And what that does to our spirit as we're witnessing that. Right, right. And it's interesting because there is some sort of compulsion when you hear something horrible to listen to it. I don't know if it's almost like we feel we have to listen to our enemy or be prepared or something like that, or, or there's some pleasure we take in feeling righteous indignation, but, but we need to be aware of that and, and just not feed it. Yeah. And, and probably all of the above, right? I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. There's this fascination. And I, I do think you're right. There, there's that part of our brain again that's, that's saying, oh, my gosh, I got to be prepared. What, right. you know, what if this happened to me? And so there's that alert system that kind of kicks into gear as we're listening to this. That makes so much sense. So talk about what happened during that trip. I mean, we've kind of introduced the concept of the film. What happened to those seven people in 10 days, 10 days right. in Egypt? Yeah, um, it, it was it was phenomenal and it was magical and it was funny and sad and everything. I mean, it was really uh, we were so lucky uh, to have captured all those moments on camera because we had actually the cameras were almost always on and they were very small. So people forgot about the camera. So we had 250 hours of footage that we compressed into an hour and a half. So we, we, we had such magical moments. And for me, it was like this childlike fascination of what would happen if. So we talked about the Christian missionary who came with Miss Kentucky from his congregation and spreading the love of Jesus. Well, I had this curiosity, what would happen if we paired them up with an Orthodox Muslim family? So it was really fascinating to see them with a man with a beard and a woman covering her face and 
and just to see what's what's going to happen. And that's one of the stories that unfolded. Um, Ellen, as you alluded to, was was afraid after 9-11 of Muslim men. You know, she, she cringed when she would see them. So we intentionally picked a young Muslim Egyptian revolutionary to pair with her and Terry, right? So that was just fascinating. It was just fun to take the, the Marine we found at the Trump rally and pair him up with a beautiful Egyptian dancer. So the, these were the really the interesting storylines and, and they just offered so much levity and exploration and it was just phenomenal how the, how the stories unfolded. It was just, just brilliant just to be there to watch it and then to actually have captured it on camera and then to get all this feedback from audiences saying what a magical journey and it was lighthearted yet poignant and so it's been really a magical journey. Well part of what what just blew me away and actually had me in tears in the theater so the moment that Katie really broke down and was sharing her story and the love from I don't know if it was a grandmother or mother that was in the room with her. The mother of Asma. Yeah. Just her deep compassion. I mean, she doesn't even speak the same language. Yeah. And you could see this beautiful connection of just like human hearts. I mean, she could feel what Katie was feeling. Exactly. It was phenomenally beautiful. It just shows the heart connection goes beyond any culture, creed, belief. Let's talk about a little bit about the hashtag pledge to listen and, and that website. As I said, I mean, you just you did a beautiful job talking about not only the experience of the free trip to Egypt film, but also you're, you're giving you know, information and wonderful questions for reflection on how we can explore our own inner experience and grow in the areas of civility and deep listening, authentic conversation. And so you, you talked about these three pillars. W would you talk about the importance of these? Yeah, I think what we discovered through the trip was, you know, we were reflecting on what really helped us. And it was really the listening, right? And then through that, we've been offering the film to experts to look at and, and reflect on. And and that's when, when the, the, the concept of, you know, the three pillars of listening was uh, civility, deep listening, and authentic conversation. Because listening is also about, uh, is not about just being silent. You can also offer what you feel in return, just in a way of, of, of mutual respect, right? Um, so it's been really phenomenal. So the, the, the film inspired the Pledge to Listen movement, and then many thought leaders have come together to really expand on those ideas. And that's what you're seeing in, in our website. And it was really phenomenal. On June 12th, we had the Pledge to Listen Day of Unity. And you saw that the film was, was, was streamed into 500 theaters across the United States. And then the panel discussion was streamed into the theaters. And what was really inspirational about that, it was, again, very diverse people who wanted to come together to watch the film and to talk about how to bring more listening and kindness in the world, regardless of political, religious belief, or any other belief. What if you could change your life and help change the world at the same time? Hi, I'm Stephanie James, host of The Spark on NOCO FM. Join me and some of the most important people in psychology, spirituality, and science for a very special event, the Spark Summit, 
October 26, 2019 at the Drake Center in Fort Collins, Colorado. Together, we'll learn how to heal ourselves using the latest breakthroughs and self-improvement with interactive keynotes from luminaries such as Jacob Lieberman, Misa Hopkins, Larry Dossie, and many more. Ignite your own spark of hope to illuminate a journey towards living your best life. Join me at the Spark Summit, October 26, 2019, at the Drake Center in Fort Collins, Colorado. Tickets and more information at thesparksummit2019.com. That's thesparksummit2019.com. So it was really inspirational for me to see uh, Marla Maples, Trump's former wife, come together with Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, who's a Democratic presidential candidate, with Oscar-winning director Peter Farrelly, uh, Rabbi Rami Shapiro. We had a Trump advisor there. We had a former Associate Secretary of State under President Obama. So many diverse people, uh, civility experts. So we had many people um, just bring in their contributions who are completely different political views and yet emphasizing the fact we can be so very different and still get along. It's very simple, but it's, it's just such a needed message these days. It truly is. I mean, and that's what was so beautiful about the live stream afterwards, because it, it, was, a, it was like a representation. It was this microcosm of how this can happen. Exactly. How we, like exactly. You're saying, how we can be in a room with absolutely diverse personalities, diverse views, and there's still total, there was total respect. Yes. And, and just, yes. And, and you could feel just this common, to me, it was just this wonderful energy of just goodness and kindness just radiating through that conversation. And of course, through the entire film, the film was so beautifully done in that it really did show that connection. And then to have the live stream even show like, okay, and this is a little taste of how this looks in real life too. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for seeing it that way. That was exactly the intention of it. So bring the, the principles of the film, manifest them through our, our leadership and thought leaders and through, you know, the thousands of people who watched together. Right. So it's, it's one step. And that's why we're, that's where we're headed in September. So September is going to be what we're calling Pledge to Listen Month. Um, where, where not just the theaters are going to show the film, but communities can also, so you can organize your own screenings and be part of the Pledge to Listen Month. So we're hoping that churches and mosques and would even come together, organize joint screenings, Democrats, Republicans. People can also do cinema on demand so they can request the theater to screen it. So we're going to be organizing hundreds of screenings across the United States with follow-up discussions. So in the theater, um, this time there will be room for local people to continue the conversation in the theater. So this, we're really excited about Pledge to this month in September. So exciting. How do people find out about this? How, how can they plug into this website? So freetriptoegypt.com is where everything is, is described. There, if you go to screenings, you can volunteer to host the screening or read about it. Um, and you can also read about what happened with Pledge to Listen and the Day of Unity before, so you get an idea of, of, of what it's all about. 
um, and, and people can sign up for updates or sign up for pledge to listen and be part of the community. Free trip to Egypt.com. What is the pledge? I read the pledge yesterday and took the pledge yesterday, actually, before this oh, interview. Great. And I, I thought it was so wonderful because you have all these thought provoking questions where you really go inside and say, am I ready? Am I ready to make this pledge? So the pledge is really just simply to say, I'm going to listen to what the person is saying and, and not judge the person, no longer demonize the person. And then, and this is part of the pledge, and then offer my own arguments in return. But it is a chance to just reflect and see um, how easy it is to slip into judgment of a person who holds certain views and how that actually stops the conversation. And to actually take every new sentence that a person says fresh can really offer um, new connection and transformation. And I love that secondary piece. I think that's so essential where you say it doesn't mean you have to listen and then you no longer have a voice. Exactly. That we can exactly. actually enter into these conversations with both of our voices intact. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. So that, that we're, we're, again, listening from our hearts. And while it is a simple pledge, I, I love the reflective piece of this because I think we do all we all have blinders like you experience with Jason. We don't even realize, you know, we're, we're like, I'm an open hearted person. I'm a very tolerant person. And sometimes we, I don't think we can even see our own bias or our own intolerance in areas. Absolutely. How have you grown, Tarek, since this experience? How did this change you and what's happened since the film? I think there's been a few things. I think, you know, this, this reflection of my, my own level of tolerance that we talked about before was, was an important thing. I think the, it's actually renewed my faith in humanity. Uh, like I was saying before, is that once you speak to people, you realize most people aren't bigoted. And so, so it's really expanded me and given me a new sense of peace and hope in the world. And I think the, the other thing is that I think I also always felt, because when I was younger, I was much more the activist in my early 20s. And then I kind of abandoned that because of the, the arrogance. And I didn't really like um, that aspect of it. But I think it's, it's made me realize that um, I never really wanted to offer or say or offer myself and my views to the world at the, at the fear of becoming intolerant and pushy and etc. So I think the film has kind of given me and this whole journey connected me to my voice in a way where I feel comfortable sharing from a place of imperfection and just sharing what I believe now. And it can be valuable and I don't have to be perfect and it doesn't mean I'm preaching, but I'm just sharing what I've discovered, what I've learned. And I'm having really amazing conversations with people since then. That's just it. It's like you don't have an agenda and it's not like just sharing from your head again. You're sharing. This is sharing. You're not pushing an agenda. You're sharing from your heart. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> A very different experience. Absolutely. Tell me about, you know, you shared about Jason still calling you all the time. And what, what's happened with, with the people that were involved in the film? How has that continued, that, those 10 days, to change their lives? What have you heard? Different things. So where to start? Brian, for example, uh, the Marine at the Trump rally. I think one of the things that really impacted him is 
he was going through really a tough period in his life. He had just gone through many very difficult challenges. And when we had landed in Egypt and we were on the boat on the Red Sea, he was telling me that uh, he hadn't been on a holiday in such a long time and he's never been on such a, such a holiday. And it had moved him really deeply. And he to, to, to feel him receive um, an act of kindness that, that touched him, that he was grateful for, was very deeply moving to me. And then to see afterwards. So he's, he's still talking about building up a YouTube channel to help people to do random acts of kindness and things of that sort. And, and to see his form of transformation, it's been quite inspirational. Ellen, who, whose, whose journey was so deeply profound. I mean, it's been two years now since, since the journey to see her, she really, she went into a phase where she wanted to be introspective. She didn't really want to connect with the world. And just about, about uh, a month before June 12th, we had a conversation. She hadn't seen the film yet. And and she was saying she's ready to see the film. And I'm, I was like, are you sure? Maybe, maybe we should, I can come to you and we have a private viewing first before you see it. But no, she was like, I'm ready to, to bring this message to the world, right? And so she watched it the first time on June 12th and she was really ready to share. And, and she wants to share this message that she learned about inclusiveness of all of humanity. And that it's time to really reach out to people and talk about what her and Terry experience. Um, so it's really inspirational to, to see each of them. Katie as well had profound impacts. Mark, all, all of them that I've been speaking with, each in their own way, are, are offering something to their communities. And I met many of their family members as well. And there, it's had ripple effects, right? So when I was... I had Thanksgiving with Ellen and I had a long conversation with um, her nephew, who's also a Marine and a very strong Trump supporter. So he was one of the first people to sign pledge to listen, by the way. So it's been really interesting to see the ripple effects and them taking the message back to their community and what they've learned. And each person learned something in a different way. And it wasn't like we had an agenda to teach because we were learning as well. So it's just nice to, to see these shared experiences and how they've impacted the individual, their families, and, and the rest of the, the communities in the world. And that is the hope. I mean, that, that is what ignites hope. Because it, it is, I'm hearing you say, it's, it's like these sparks were born within them. And then it illuminates all those people around them. And then it's like, then they catch fire and it, and it continues to spread. Exactly. Exactly. And, th and that's the hope for our planet. It truly is. I, I have to tell you, I've been one of those people that I've always believed in the tipping point. Amen. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we're, we're in that era. Happening. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> so, so Tarek, what do you feel like is the essential message that you want to make sure that our listeners receive today? I think the message that I learned the deepest thing and that I would love that everyone else experiences is that there's hope. There's hope for the world, right? Because I went from this person listening to the news, getting scared, um, worrying where the world is going, went on this journey of discovery 
and it's really left me with a renewed sense hope in humanity, hope where we're headed. And I really hope that people who are watching the film can experience that hope with us. I'm so deeply thankful because you also instilled hope in me. And so I am also hoping through this broadcast that we can continue to shine that light on other people and people Amen. will come out and see the film. And as you said, they can order it at their local theater. Correct. That is so exciting. I have never heard of that before. And that is absolutely wonderful. So this is accessible and September is going to be the Pledge to Listen month. Exactly. Tarek, thank you so much for this time and for sharing this wonderful gift of yourself with me and, and truly with, with the world through this film. Thank you. That's, that's very kind. It's been a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. This is a film, a man, and a mission that have truly touched my heart. I have to believe that this is true for all of us. If we can move towards just listening to one another, dropping out of our heads and into our hearts, we can find this true place of connection and commonality, even if we hold different beliefs or opinions. No one has to be right. We don't even have to agree with one another. We just have to pledge to listen. Tarek is such a unique and open-hearted individual who took his fear and challenged it and eventually changed it into love, just as the others who went to Egypt experienced. We may not be aware of it, but we do have a choice between fear or love. Fear may come up instinctually when something is different than us and may originally feel like a threat. As we take a deep breath and drop into our hearts, we can circumvent that old prehistoric wiring in our brains and move into a place of love, connection, and ultimately peace. September is hashtag Pledge to Listen Month, and I hope you will join Tarek and I and thousands of others across the globe as we make this pledge to listen to one another and join together as integral parts of our greater humanity. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NoCo Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James.
This has been a production of NOCO FM.